part. That gets better every time. (laughs) Anyway. We are freezing right now. We are in the Nurkham's house, which is being renovated. No heating. No heating. No door. (laughs) No door. Literally a hole in the door. It is freezing. And I'm the only one without a blanket. But we're pushing through. And I'm sick. Yeah. Oh. We'll push through for everyone. (laughs) Okay, so today we're going to be talking about mental health and what that looks like, I guess, as a Christian. Probably ought to start with a bit of a caveat to say that none of us are mental health professionals. No, we're not. But we have had different experiences of mental health and we thought it would be really helpful just to talk about that today and to share some of that with you guys. And hopefully for this to, if you are struggling with mental health, for this to lead to further conversations between you and your friends and people who can really help and support you. Mm. Um, so that's the kind of the caveat. Why don't we get into it? Is the church a safe space for people with mental health challenges? Big one. I think that, or I know that it should be. I don't think that it always is. Mm. And I think that a lot of people generally, not just in regards to mental health issues, um, find the church a very scary daunting sort Mm. of place because they feel like they're too broken or they're too sinful or they don't they don't look like what everyone else looks Mm. like Mm. who seems to have their lives together and perfect and all happy and everything Mm. and so I think that puts a lot of people off even just stepping into church so in regards to talking about mental health issues as well and people oh I'm I I struggle really badly with depression so church doesn't seem to be a place where I can talk about that or I can feel how or I can show how I'm feeling or anything well I think the one thing like just simply that I would say to that is the church is for the broken people it's not for whole people Mm -hmm. in terms of no one's whole but the people in church are there because they know they're broken So everyone in church is there because they have realised that they are not whole on their own. Mm. That they are sinful, that they are broken, that they are weak, that they need God. So actually, I think the fact that church can often come across as a place of everyone's happy and sort of got things under control and everything is really inaccurate. Mm. interesting Um, unhelpful yeah I mean we talk about the gospel as like good news right yeah um and church often as I guess a place to like celebrate that together how does that factor into people who are really in a dark place well it's good news for the broken Mm. that is definitely a line from a Rand Collective song I'm singing it in my head. Yes. Good news. Or someone recently told me that Jesus is good news for the least, the little, the lost and the lonely. It was for us. Like that who, that, those people are who Jesus' heart like goes out to. Those on the outer edge, the marginalised, the broken hearted. Like I've got this verse here, which is just wonderful. Um, Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is near to the broken hearted and saves the crushed in spirit. We know that is Jesus' heart. That is God's heart. 
but sometimes, like Megan, what you were saying, we don't maybe see that in church. What we see is everyone, you know, putting on their Sunday best. Maybe that's not actually clothes, but the mask or the smile. Um, I know for me that when I was really struggling with my mental health and with depression, church was a really painful place Hmm. because I felt, I felt a bit like a hypocrite and it was kind of working through like, oh, I'm not okay and everyone else seems to be okay in church, which I don't think is accurate, like Megan said, but if everyone seems okay, like, are we being real? Yeah. Yeah, I think that, like what you said, Josh, that actually, you know, we are celebrating good news. It's something something about corporate worship and getting together and just, it is a celebration. And so there is a lot of joy there. But I think that more often than not, the majority of people in the room are struggling with something. Mm. And so there's a very real and raw part of church that is people being honest with their suffering and their Mm. grief and their pain um, and being able to take that to God in a community Mm. and not just privately. That's really important, I feel like, in your experience, Karis, as well. You know, maybe, maybe you felt like you couldn't do that because it wasn't a space where you saw other people doing that as well. Yeah, yeah. I think also that it comes down to, I mean, we're talking about church as in a, a gallery on Sunday, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but what our definition of church is, how we understand what church is and how we journey through suffering as a church, that doesn't have to mean that on a Sunday in front of everyone, you get up and share all about your mental health struggles. That's not realistic. That's not going to happen. Yeah, but yeah. it does. I might not be but, helpful. But. Yeah. <laughs> but being honest with the church in terms of the community around you. Yeah. And allowing people in to journey through stuff with you mm. is, I think, that plays into this conversation of what mental health looks like in the church. Because yeah. the church isn't the building. The church isn't Sunday. You know, that sort of thing. The church yeah. is the people. Yes. It is. But I think... The question then is, if maybe I wasn't comfortable to share the reality of what was going on because um, because I didn't see others doing that, mm-hmm. how do you cultivate an environment where, like, Josh, is the first question, do, pe- do people feel safe in church? Is it a safe space? And I think for me it would have been really helpful to hear the people up the front talking about it. Yeah. Um, to to be told that it's okay to not be okay. To be told that like you can love Jesus and still go through really really dark times in your mental health. And if someone had told me that from the front and just reminded me that it's okay, that the Bible says it's okay, and that Jesus is with me in that, that would have been mm. really helpful. And definitely encourage me to then turn to my friend who I was sat next to and actually be real with them as to how, like, painful it was in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely... It's almost that encouragement from the front Mm. that allows you to 
share privately. Definitely. Because I I think that, like, Western culture, our society at the moment, uh, we're taking massive leaps forward. Yeah. Even if you just look at the past few years, Mm. in terms of... um, breaking down the stigma around mental health issues but the church is a bit behind in that so it's happening in church it's happening in christian circles but it seems to be a few steps behind where society like wider society is at in in some yeah in in some aspects like i wonder whether or not that's partly because um uh, there's maybe some confusion or some things that people are wrestling through about mental health and how that works with faith and what it mm, means yeah. to be a Christian. Mm. Is depression or anxiety um, or however mental health might be um, expressed, like, is that is that a sign of weak faith? Is that a sign that you're not a good enough Christian? Big no. question. <laughs> Just simple answer, no. And let's talk about why we think that. Yes. Yeah, of um, course. <laughs> why? So... This is something that I think anyone I've ever spoken to, or a lot of people I've spoken to about mental health issues and struggles. It's been something that's come up, especially among people who I know just love Jesus so much. And there's this sense of shame, or there's this sense of, I can't get medical help because this is my fault in terms of, like, is... I think, is that even allowed? I've heard, you know, people say, like, can mm. I can I even go to the doctor, you mm. know? And I think that it can put Christians in this place of taking a lot of extra weight on themselves yeah. um, in terms of, I just need to pray more. I just need to read my Bible more. Um, and there's definitely, in my own experience, praying more and reading your Bible more, help a lot but actually you are not in this position of struggling with your mental health because you're not praying enough or because you're not reading your bible enough like it's not a consequence of that Mm. it's actually part of living in this broken world and having broken bodies and broken minds yeah and being knowing in the being in the wilderness exactly <laughs> being in the like in this space before the promised land before the ultimate victory and knowing that we're journeying there but we're not there yet and we actually are still surrounded by brokenness yeah. in us and yeah. around us and i think that actually it's really it's really important to recognize that mm. and to know that jesus does has have the he has the ultimate victory. That yeah. that is his. Um, but and he is making us new, and he is redeeming us and restoring us. But actually, we experience suffering. No one is yeah. going to argue the fact that we experience brokenness in our bodies in terms of cancer and you know just and illnesses that ravage our bodies and ultimately take people's lives yeah like no one's saying that's not a thing um because and i think it's really interesting to see how christians comfort each other in that to say he has overcome he has the victory which is all true and it's all 
just promises by which we live our lives. Yeah. So that it's exactly the same in terms of mental health, broken minds and broken bodies. Yeah. If you are yeah. like in that place, because I think this is is really important to think about, like practically, like what that some things that that are helpful for that. Like if you are in that space where. Um, things are really dark and things are not straightforward and it is difficult to trust God or even know that he cares about it because he mm-hmm. seems so distant in that moment. Like, what are some things that you could do to help? Step one. Karis' <laughs> this... three-part plan. <laughs> no, uh, not of the three-part plan, but just like a little plug for a book that I've read that we've both all three of us have read, maybe, recently. I've read it. Um, Megan's read it. I don't think Josh has. Josh. And if we've spoken recently, you've probably heard me talk about this, but it's Gentle and Lowly, and it talks all about Christ's heart for this um, sinners and sufferers. Um, and it is so, so helpful as you battle, like, suffering. Um, yeah. It, just to know that like it talks about how Jesus is our co-sufferer, that he is there with us in the pit of pain and hardship and how like his humanity sympathizes with us completely. Mm. Like because God is completely God and completely human, like that divine um, and human nature that was really hard to get our heads around, but because of his humanity, he can sympathize with us in mm. our pain completely Mm -hmm. and he's the same Jesus that wept as he grieved his friend as he stood outside of Lazarus's tomb he can and comforted Mary and Martha like he's he experienced his own pain and trauma as he hung upon the cross and experienced intense pain and mental anguish no doubt and he understands and is with us in that. Mm. So I think step one is, yes, maybe read Gentle and Lowly. But hold on. Like, just hold on to the fact that Jesus is with you in it. Like, yeah. it's not always easy to do that. Yeah. And but you have a choice. And in some senses, like, that is what, what it means to, like, live a life of faith. Is when God seems distant... Like, the Bible shows us that actually he's not. He's, like, there with us. But mm. in some ways, like, that is a real step of faith in that situation to, like, mm. trust that God is with us there. Yeah. Like, because it just... Definitely. Sometimes it just doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah. I think that in terms of... What did you say, Josh? Like, what would you say to someone who's mm. really struggling with their um, mental health? Is that I would say that I have not experienced such intimacy closeness and not experience God's love to such depths as I have as when I've been in really dark places with my mental health and so I think a lot of people struggle to take their pain to Jesus mm-hmm. and so I would say to someone who's really struggling if if you take one thing away from this podcast if if I'm having a conversation with someone and I'm really really suffering I'd say that the one thing I want you to take away from this is go to Jesus yeah. like fall at his feet cling to him yeah 
because there is such a beautiful depth to your relationship with him that can only come through suffering. Mm. Yeah, and whatever kind of suffering that is, not everyone will will suffer with their mental health. Whatever kind of suffering it is, there is a a brokenness and an understanding your weakness that takes you right into the depths of God's heart. I just want to come back at that and say, I have heard lots of people's testimony of struggling with mental health or physical health, and that is almost always a part of their story, experiencing that incredible comfort um, from directly from God and just, yeah, incredible communion with him in that painful place. But I also want to say that there, that is definitely a part of it, and it will be. And if you're, But if you're in the middle of a painful situation now it can be hard sometimes to to see that to see where you feel close to god there's been times mm. when i've been hearing people say from the front oh and i've just it was the most beautiful time of my life and i felt so close to jesus and i've just been sat there going i feel so distant from jesus my spiritual life feels dry and barren and you know, now I look back on it and we're looking back over quite some years, probably about seven or eight years, and I see incredible pockets of Christ just reaching out and touching me and meeting me in that those dark, dark places. And I also see lots of time where I've just had to hold on and ride the wave, as mum says. I understand that. And that is the testimony of a lot of people saying God doesn't feel close. Mm. But that doesn't mean we we don't go to him. So I think that's the big thing is that people, oh, God doesn't feel close, so I'm going to not spend time with him. Whereas it's the opposite, isn't it? We have to spend time with him to to experience... It's so much more of a fight to spend time with him. Yeah, it's more of a fight. And it's so worth it. Why don't we talk about some practical questions now? Mm. Is it sinful or wrong to take antidepressants? Or (laughs) big one. Wow, you're really throwing out some hard questions today, Josh. Yep. You're prepared. It's a hard topic. It is a hard topic. It's such a hard topic. And uh, on this one, lots of people are gonna have different opinions. And I've discussed this with quite a few different friends as they've um, gone to the doctors and been offered antidepressants or medication for anxiety or even, you know, tablets for more, more like, other mental health problems. Um, and it's a hard one for people to face because lots of people, there's something in them that's like, just, oh, is this right? It can't be right. Like, uh But I personally think yes. I take medication for my fibromyalgia and I take medication for my brain. (laughs) For I take antidepressants. Like, it's just like earlier we were talking about 
the mental and physical divide and how when you talk about cancer, people are like okay to talk about that in church and acknowledge that that's super hard and broken and like okay for a Christian to have cancer. As soon as it's mental, as soon as it's anxiety, depression, it's pray more, try harder, go to Jesus. Mm. Like, and I know that's a stereotype and that is not everyone's reaction, but just that, that is lots of people's reaction. Yeah. So if you're going to take medication for something physical, what's wrong with taking medication for something mental? I would say that mental health is physical health in terms of very often people who, well, I mean, the doctors give you antidepressants to increase a chemical in your brain. So there's an aspect of like your brain is part of your physical body. Mm. So that is the physical side, right? So actually I would say that antidepressants are targeting, well, they're targeting your body in terms of your body, including your mind. But anyway, in terms of this comparison between cancer and depression in terms of physical and mental health, like you take, you go to the hospital, you go to the doctor for physical health issues for cancer but you understand as christians that jesus is the cure in terms of heaven and the promised land and the victory and ultimate restoration jesus is the cure for all pain and all suffering but you know what until that ultimate reunion in heaven we still suffer we christians still die from cancer you know, like yeah. we still suffer with all these physical illnesses, yep. knowing that Jesus is the ultimate cure and that's where we're heading. He he is the healer, he is the victory. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same with the mental health, is that I may take medication now, knowing that Jesus is the ultimate cure, but until then, living in this broken world, he has given us provision. He yeah. has yeah. provided right. us with so many things that offer us help and temporary temporary healing and mm. all this stuff but we're still seeking and striving towards him i i think that's i think your use of the word provision is really important i think sometimes when it comes to medication um particularly for mental health people see it as a sort of they're stepping away from jesus and him helping them in some sense and not recognizing it actually as something that perhaps jesus is giving mm. us as a provision, as something mm. that like we can use to help us like on our journey, um, yeah, that's really good. Maybe before we like close, um, a case study would just be helpful just for us to like help think practically about mm. this. So um, you're in uni, and um, one of your friends, maybe one of your Christian friends, is starting to show signs that they're really struggling with their mental health, and they're coming to you. Um, and you seem to be the only one they're talking to about it. Um, what do you do? How can you help them? I would say the first thing is be with them. So be in that uncomfortable place with them. You, honestly, I've experienced really uncomfortable conversations with friends where I've had to like push through that sort of, it, I mean, it's easier to just not, isn't it? It's easier to just be like, oh, I'm praying for you, you know? Mm. It's a lot harder to sit with someone through 
anguish and suffering. Like it's ugly, it's raw. Mm. It's not attractive. Yeah. It is extremely painful. And so actually I would say the first thing is be there for them. Like physically. Yeah. In terms of hug them, sit with them, tell them, repeatedly tell them, I'm here for you. Don't try and solve their problems. Just be (laughs) with them. Yeah, and I think that's really obviously coming from a place if someone's coming from a place of really caring for someone but not actually having experienced mental health suffering and struggle before they can be like wanting to help and trying to solve problems and everything and actually mm. what more often than not what they need is for someone to just sit with them mm. and right. to tell them you're not alone in this yeah but. I think my um my first step one would be just in Ask them, have they gone to the doctor about it? Have they, like, asked for some medical help? Um, Yeah, as simple as that. And if they haven't? I think I'd recommend, well, go with them. I've had um, a friend come and sit in a doctor's appointment with me when I didn't Mm. really know what I was going to say and just having that support. um, Yeah, they're probably listening and they know who they are. Um, it was really helpful to just yeah. know that mm. I had someone next to me who, yeah, knew what I was going to say. I told her what I was going to say. And if I'd left anything out or if the words didn't come to me, she could have spoken up and, yeah, kind of fought my corner. But she was there for that emotional support. And it was so, so helpful. That's really helpful. Yeah. I think what I might say is that we're all if if they're a christian maybe even if they're not then actually part of our role as their friend is to bring them into community Mm. Um, and i think we have to recognize particularly at our age like we're not we're not mature enough in some instances like to really like help them in the way that they need to be helped Mm, yeah and i think sometimes students feel like they have to take the load from their friend um and that's really wonderful friendship and that's um that can be really powerful, but often you need to share that with more people. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, if someone is only sharing something with you, you have to really encourage them to bring that before others and to speak to maybe your like student pastor or your pastor or a mental health professional. And as you said, you can journey with them in that and you can be in those conversations with them. You can take them to that conversation, sit with them. But if you're the only one that's taking that stuff on, there will be, I don't want to make, use the term collateral damage but like it will be damaging and that's what I've seen yeah, yeah. You know, it's too much yeah. for one person yeah. absolutely I think like community I mean the second thing that I was going to say follows on from that of bringing people in and everything and, and I would say after you have sat with them heard them really heard them just been with them I was also going to say encourage them to seek professional help yeah. but also Bring them into community and pray over them with people in yeah. terms of... And not just a one-off. Like, right. actually, have have people who will pray with them and over them and for them and fight for them. Because actually, in, in taking them to Jesus as a community, there's a truth that just can wash over you as people pray for you. Yeah. And... And just really inviting the Holy Spirit into a space where that is dedicated to praying for, for mental health 
struggles mm. and mm. acknowledging that as something that like Jesus we need you here let's let's fight let's yeah, yeah. let's surrender again yeah, yeah. that's really good mm. yeah so I guess that's really helpful mental health then is one of those things which most clearly show us that like we are in the wilderness of life yeah um and that we're on I guess our way to the promised land revelation 21 is a really beautiful promise that actually things are gonna be restored um yeah and if we're on our journey in mental health maybe revelation 21 can be a really helpful sort of uh passage like anchor our hope in I wonder maybe, Megan, as we finish, you could read that for us. Yeah. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. Boom. Nothing more is needed. Amen. Amen.